Ballarat Talks is produced by Futari Media and Audio Concierge and is brought to you with the support of Better Business Ballarat. Welcome to Episode 6. I'm Chris Ashmore. For more than 100 years, Australians' love of beer hasn't changed. What has changed in recent years is the vast array of choice now available thanks to scores of microbreweries across the country. Ballarat is particularly spoiled with great-tasting, high-quality beer, one of which is the Athletic Club Brewery on Mare Street, founded by local Peter Parry. The Athletic Club opened in 2016 after a ridiculously lengthy wait for council approval, a topic we'll talk about shortly. I spoke with Peter in the upstairs floor overlooking the brew deck, complete with beer-drinking ambience from the patrons in the bar below. Peter Parry, it's the dream for many blokes to start their own brewery. Um, but what got you started in this brewery and in this town? Yeah, look, um, yes, it is the dream of many to uh, uh, play around in their own brewery. But uh, yeah, my interest in, in craft beers or, or making beer sort of like started about 15, 16 years ago. I'd done a fair few tours through the States uh, in the Midwest and um, I'd got interested in the really small community breweries over there where uh, you know you get a small town smaller than Ballarat and they'd have their own brewery and all the locals would go along. Um, they'd make some interesting beers and it was still all old style type beers uh, and they were all no preservatives and, and the local community sort of got a hold of them and uh, worked with the breweries because of the fact that it wasn't the big mainstream ones. You know, the, the same thing happened in, in the States. You know, they were all bought out by, um, you know, Coors or Budweiser or Miller and all the conglomerations that had come through there. But, yeah, I got associated with those up in Wisconsin and, you know, we use some of the, the grain from Wisconsin in, in our brews and uh, I really like that style. So I come back after 2000 and started to get involved in um, looking at breweries and, and how we go about setting up those types of things. My previous job, I got to travel around Australia, so I got to look at other breweries that were in Australia too. And uh, I retired for a short period of time, and then I thought, oh good, I need something to do because I was probably too young to retire, and uh, this building became available, and I thought, oh, it'd be fantastic. Why this location? Why Ballarat? Um, I think uh, I'm a Ballarat person, born and bred, and I really liked uh, to see Ballarat expand and, and go on, and the concept was is to work closely with the Ballarat community and, and get something unique for Ballarat. This location was, I grew up in this area of town, so yeah, it was just perfect for me. But you, you were never a publican, were you? And, and your trade is a lot different yes. from this, so you, you had a particular special interest in, yes. in beer. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of my mates say I got most of my uh, grooming in beer from the public side of the counter. No, I wasn't a publican, I wasn't in hospitality. Um, I'm an electrician by trade, but uh, a lot of people around Ballarat know that I was involved in um, in the uh, vet education. I was training apprentices down at the University of Ballarat and ended up being a head of department down there and uh, running large um, RTOs, as they were called in those days, but training centres for apprentices in the electrical industry. And then went on to work in um, uh, the electrical standards and uh, licensing and um, examinations and things like that. So we made sure that people were getting trained okay. But probably I'd say, yeah, an interest has always been along the, yeah, I'd like to have a beer and try different beers. You know, that was one of the things that I've had all along is that 
Yeah, um, yeah, I do like to try something a little bit different and probably step outside the circle. So that's probably where my grounding come from. Speaking of stepping outside the circle, you've named it the Athletic Club. Yep. What was the na- what was the reason behind that name? Um, well, that, that takes a little bit of history of Ballarat. The adjacent building to our brewery, which is now called the Freight Bar and Restaurant, was originally called from 1864 through to 1980. It was called the Athletic Club Hotel. And... Um, my dad used to drink in that hotel and I grew up a block and a half from here in two different directions. My early years were towards the west and then my latter years up until I, I started my apprenticeship was, uh, and then eventually got married was, was a block and a half north of here. And when I got the opportunity to move into this building I just had to bring the old name back. I really like the idea that some of the other pub locations in Ballarat are starting to go back to their old names and um, I think that really sort of brings out a little bit of character of the, of the Ballarat community that we can still have the old names that will be well maintained. There's a lot of older folks that come in and say, oh, I remember coming in here and things like that, but you know, typically the, the 30 year olds are something that always remember it as Rattle and Hum or something like that. But yeah, um, the athletic club, it was really good. I've come from a sporting background as well, so it's all like fitted in with that and where we want to position ourselves in, in the community supporting different community groups and sports, one of them. But it wasn't so easy, was it, in the beginning to get it all up and running? Uh, you had some issues with council of getting approval. Yeah. What, what happened there? Look, um, it's quite complexing, that, that, that issue about where we think that everybody's nice and easy and, and, yeah, and it'll just open up because somebody's got a good idea. Yeah, my time dealing with council was very, very, very frustrating. The issues about there didn't seem to be any rhyme or reason because there was a brewery already in the building. And they said, no, no, you couldn't have a brewery in this location. And I could never get a, a logical explanation of to why it couldn't be or, or whatever. The statutory planning's mode of thinking, and, it, and you know, I'm not picking on the city of Ballarat in this case, but it's the impression was a brewery was something like a Carlton United or a major brewery, and like the old Ballarat brewery that was in here. And they hadn't really addressed the issues of, of microbreweries. And part of the, the dealings I had with, with the local council was to point out that there are other towns that had small microbreweries like I was proposing right in the heart of town in Woodend, in uh, Mildura, Tuberac and right throughout suburbs of Melbourne that they've got what they call brew pubs in the industry or small breweries with a bar that was servicing the local communities and when the council officers come down here they says, oh this is fantastic, this looks really good but it's not what we thought it was and you know that's 20 months later they're saying, oh, well, that's not what we thought it was. It was probably more should have been on the ground and had to think about it or a look at it earlier on to what we wanted to do. Well, it's a shame, really, that we expect any tier of government to support any kind of business, but particularly small business, that it's creating jobs for the town. Look, um, I appreciate the point that planning officers have to do their job of make sure that there is controlled planning and, and where we do. It'd be no good if I was coming along and putting a, an offensive type industry within or an offensive type operation within this area that, that would harm the buildings surrounding us. That was never going to be the case. It'd never be the case. So that was the point that it really got to me is that it was about let's really look at where it is. You know, and at one time I pointed out because I said, oh, well, you're manufacturing a beverage. And I sat in a meeting and I looked across the table and I said, well, we're going to close every coffee shop in Ballarat. And they looked at me funny and I said, well, they take a grain, we take a grain, 
They crush it, we crack ours open, they put it in hot water and add some things to it and serve to the public. We put in some hot water, add some things to it, ferment it and serve to the public. What's the difference? And that was taking the literal letter of their law of manufacturing a beverage was the issue. And then other parts of statutory planning said that you didn't need a permit to brew or manufacture beer. You only needed if you had a licensed premises. And this has got a licence, so yeah, we had to go through that, but it should have been judged on, on being a licensed premises, not a manufacturing of beer. But it's good, we've moved on, and the business has, has been going since uh, November 2016, and we're really enjoying it, and the people of Ballarat are. That's the good part about that I really like. It's not about something for somebody else, it's for the people of Ballarat. We get involved in the local community, and our beer is only sold in Ballarat at the moment because everything we produce gets bought up before we could take it out of town, So, which is really good. Well, it seems that uh, you are doing quite well, particularly with uh, the, the guests you've got in today. But um, what do you think makes a successful brewery as a business? One, you've got to make a good product, something that people will, will enjoy to drink and uh, be not too offensive on the senses, either via taste or, or smell. Um, we've prided ourselves on trying to brew classic styles of beer. When we, when we develop a beer, we say, does this fit within the parameters of what a beer style guide tells us? So one, it's good beer, and two, it's about the friendliness and, and the ambience that you have within the venue. One of the things that we do is we allow people on the brew deck floor, not so much when we're brewing and things like that, but of weekends for functions and, and all that, and people just come in and they they give us a feedback to say, well, we just get a great vibe from this. It's comfortable, it's warm, you know, and in winter when we've got tourists coming in, they say, oh, that's really good because they, you know, they've got this old cold bit about Ballarat. But, you know, we've tried to set it up as, a, as an inviting place for people to come and enjoy and, and try different things. It's not, a, it's not a beer hall where you come and just guzzle beer. It's about where you come and we try to have about six or seven different styles of beer on at the one time. So you can see from a dark beer to a hoppy beer to just a normal lager and different styles in there. So they come and enjoy the drinking of, of beer, not so much just, you know, just I'm going to sit here and knock back ten pots or whatever. It's about appreciating the different methods that we've used to, to brew our beer. And I think that's indicative of one of the things that's allowed the craft beer industry to grow in Australia. You don't use preservatives either. Is that a point of difference? Yes. Uh, well, it's not a point of difference to a lot of other craft brewers, but it, it's a point of difference to against the larger manufacturers. And, and look, I appreciate their fact. If I was going to buy XYZ beer, I would want that the same, no matter whether I bought it here in Ballarat, whether I bought it in Brisbane, whether I bought it in Bundaberg. It doesn't really matter. And they have to go and do that to meet their their quality control and everything else like that. That's the part about craft. Craft is, if you get a, a craft dress or a shirt or a cake, it's not exactly the same all the time. And, and our beers are fairly consistent, but they may not be the same all the time. And, and I think that's the bit that craft brewers and, and craft beer, um, and it's been interesting just even over the last few months of where we've gone from craft beer to independent brewers to try and differentiate because craft beer is craft beer. Craft beer is not mass-produced and tastes the same in Bundaberg, Burnie and Ballarat. And I think that's a relevant point that we often get. I've got friends within the, the, you know, the, the big players within the industry and say, oh, we brew craft beers now. And they don't for the fact that it's brewed just the same as how they brew their mass-produced beers. Our quality control processes 
and procedures here um, allow us to be consistent because that's what people come to like, the consistency there. But we don't add anything to it to make sure it's the same colour or the same taste or we don't put caramel or whatever. It's made up of the four ingredients of a beer and that is water, yeast, hops and malt. Our processes allow our beer to be sealed from oxygen and they're put in dark bottles so we don't have to add anything to them to preserve them and keep them going longer. Um, they will last a normal length of time of six or eight or ten months or twelve months. You know, depending on the style of beer, a hoppy beer should be no more than six months old because the oils within the hop seep back into the beer and they lose their flavour. No matter where you produce it, that's the style of beer. A lager can last for quite some time and sours, well, yeah, they can last forever. <laughs> well, consumers are getting more sophisticated in their... Um, understanding and education of the beer they drink too so you can't put the wool over their eyes either is that right? That's right Um, five years ago you probably would have called them a beer geek or the hipsters would come in and they'd have the big long beard and the peak cap and a black t-shirt and be male um, with all of those features Uh, but but now um, surprisingly we get both males and females in with a discerning taste for beer and and it's not surprising in, in the sense that we get some ladies in to say, well, I really like these sort of hoppy ones or I like a bitter one or I like a sweeter one. But we have male customers come in and say exactly the same thing. So it doesn't really matter which way we go. And our clientele is made up of all styles. It's great that we get early in the week. We usually get a, a lot of the, say, retired, so they've got to be a little bit older and they come in and they, they just like to have one or two and they just enjoy the different tastes. Um, more of a weekend, we get more of the, the travelling public, you know, the people who come out of Melbourne, Geelong or anywhere in the regions that'll come just to try the beers because they've, they've seen or heard about it and it's really good. And it's not just a demographic of the Brunswick or inner city cool cat that'll come along. We have them of all ages, which is really good. And you also offer the opportunity for punters to make their own beer. For somebody who doesn't know about the process, what's involved? Look, I've come from a training background and I, I like to um, not so much educate but you know, make people aware of how we can go about that and that was part of the business that I really, really liked. It's a small part of our business but it's starting to expand but I think on the people that have come in, we've had people that are, are brewers and they're just coming to refine their, their brew processes by working with a, a professional brewer or somebody that does it all the time. You know, the person in off the street or with a couple of mates or a family or it's been given to for a birthday or, you know, a Christmas present or whatever, they really enjoy the fact that there's a lot of science about it and it's a hell of a lot more difficult than what they thought it was and they just thought it was just chuck it all in together and away we go. And they walk away with a, um, a greater understanding of what we do to make a, a nice beer because the beer that they do make is virtually our beer as well but just on a very smaller scale. They can alter it to their own tastes. A brew session takes about two hours, two and a half hours by the time you go through all the steeping of the grains and the boiling and the addition of the hops. And then after that initial session, they come back three to four weeks later, usually about a month later. We like to leave them sit there and ferment. And and the longer we leave it, the clearer the beer gets. And then they'll participate in either canning or bottling the beer. And by being involved in the cooking and and the brewing of the beer and and the packaging of the beer, uh, they're entitled to get a fairly substantial reduction in the in the excise for the for the beer. That's why it makes it so much cheaper for people. So yeah, it's and it's a good experience because we we do an all grain brew, so you've still got a very wholesome and flavoursome beer that comes out as the end product. So yeah, it's quite good. You won't let them stuff it up. 
Uh, no. <laughs> oh, well, we've got that overrider. If somebody wants to chuck in two extra handfuls of hops, well, you're going to have to wear it. But, you know, if they follow our recipes, they're pretty right. Now, Ballarat's developing quite a reputation for beer. There's the Ballarat Beer Festival in January and uh, the Ballarat Brew Festival uh, at the Mining Exchange. Um, how important do you think are these events for independent breweries like the Athletic Club? Yeah, um, look, it's really great. You know, the, the people in, in, in Ballarat tourism, uh, I think, are doing a fantastic job. They're supporting those types of events to come up. It really is starting to put a point of difference that, yeah, we want to be the brew capital of Victoria. It's quite interesting other small towns now get a couple of breweries or they have a beer festival and say they're the brew capital. But Ballarat's always really been well serviced. The Ballarat Brewing Company historically, it was the last of the major players outside of the Carlton conglomerate to be swallowed up. And, you know, and they were operating here until the early 70s, you know, but they were independent right until the late 50s. So Ballarat's always had a really good brew culture. If you went back to the gold mining days, every man and their pet dog, I suppose, was doing it in the tent. But, yeah, they had all these hotels. But, now Ballarat's always been strong. We're lucky, really, in Ballarat. We've got four breweries in Ballarat, and that, that's a hell of a lot more than any other regional area. And we all get on well together, and we try to help each other and support, and we, we do some of our own promotions as well. The brewers in Ballarat got together, and we've got a beer trail. The people come, and they might come here first and... and, and open up and have a couple of beers and then move on down to Cubby House and then go out to Scott out at Red Duck or anywhere in between. What do you think of the um, current debate with uh, the term or using the term craft beer versus that of independent to differentiate yourselves yeah. uh, with the, the bigger multinationals? Yeah, look, um, I watched that through the States quite interesting because in the States um, they already had a large brewer's group and, a, and then a small one and all the small ones have really flourished in the states and then they come up with the term independent brewers because culturally over there that was really being swallowed up and unfortunately you know I really do say unfortunately in Australia we've seen the same thing everybody's been swallowed up by everybody else we haven't got Carlton United anymore we're, it's AB InBev that's controlled from St Louis because it's Anaheim Bush that does it and one of the annoying things for me is is that you know, we've had an icon of beer in Ballarat, of Ballarat Birdie, and that's controlled from St Louis, USA, to say when it comes out now, it's not controlled from the local people. And that's disappointing. But if we go back to the craft and independent, it's like what I said before is about a craft beer is a craft beer compared to a, a mass-produced beer, which, is, which fits the confines of where it needs to be and be consistent. So craft is there, and the large breweries, you know, bought out small or independent or family owned that's great for the for the brewery you know they get their payday which is everybody's thing you, you you start a business and if somebody buys it off you and you make money that's really good but they still miss the point of about a craft beer is a craft beer not a mass-produced beer and I think the point about independent breweries now will start to bring that to the fore now uh, the Craft Brewers Association in Australia has changed its name to the Independent Brewers Association. You know, so I really think that that's a strong point that we can market. Is there is that independent means that you're not part of a multinational, and you know, or no more than 20% of you is taken up in that that type of thing. So it really puts in where you are of about a brewery. You know, there's a large independent brewery, Coopers. They're a family-owned brewery. They've been going for quite some time, and 
everybody, I think, in Australia has a soft spot for them for what they do, and they make beautiful beer. But they still are independent, and they're not going to be, you know, we've all got to make it all the same to make it as cheap as possibly we can to get it out there, and it's got to be consistent and where we go. Well, final question, Peter. You've done well. You're doing well. Uh, what's the future for the athletic club? Uh, look, um, at this current time, it's, it's been really good. We've opened up, you know, for about nine or ten months. Yes, we are under a fair bit of pressure in the sense of being able to maintain and supply what just our Ballarat customers want to do. Um, we're currently looking at how we can get some more fermentation space or some more fermenters so we can produce a little bit more, more beer. Um, I still feel that we want to keep it as a family brewery and you know, in, and in this locale. So that won't restrict us, but it'll, it'll keep our focus on being the athletic club brewery at the athletic club site. So um, I would like to think that Ballarat will continue to support us and if we can produce enough beer to get outside of Ballarat, that'll be really great. We have got, already got strong demand. There may be other things on the horizon, but it will be just in the similar sort of format. We'll probably still brew from here, but there may be a bar or something like that there. There's a little bit of talk about that at the moment, so we'll just see where we go. But gentle expansion, but we just want to keep supplying beer to the Ballarat community as, as long as we can. Peter Parry, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Chris. And that's it for Episode 6 of Ballarat Talks. We hope you've enjoyed this week's story. If you have any suggestions for topics or know people with interesting stories to tell, please email me at chris at ballarattalks.com.au. Check out our website at ballarattalks.com.au. You can find us on Twitter or Facebook with the handle at Ballarat Podcast. And if you liked it, please leave a comment or a review. This episode was brought to you with the support of Better Business Ballarat, a networking and mentoring community for businesses in Ballarat. The group meets every third Friday at the Hop Temple. For more information, go to betterbusinessballarat.com.au. Ballarat Talks was produced by Fatari Media and Audio Concierge. I'm Chris Ashmore. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.